Today, I'm chatting with Lily Wang, and this lady is infectious. She has such a wonderful energy. And I first came across Lily in one of the Facebook entrepreneurial Facebook groups that I'm in. She had posted this video of her doing what she calls the morning wiggles, where she gets out and dances in public and people come and join her. And that is pretty much my worst nightmare <laughs> in terms of, I'm getting a little bit better in this regard, but uh, being publicly exposed dancing even though I spent years as a dancer, is, oh, just brings up so much fear of judgment and rejection and all that kind of jazz. So watching this video of Lily was maybe a little triggering, but more so uh, in the place that I'm in now, I was just like, wow, this is brave and it's fun. It's fun. She's having fun here. So That's how I came across Lily, and I knew I just wanted to get her on here because her story is incredible. Like, this is a real story of using self-expression and creative expression as a way for really uh, bringing your mental health challenges into a management form. So, diving in, meet Lily Wang. Hope you love her as much as I do. Enjoy. Creativity, self-expression, and feelings. Creativity, self-expression, and feelings. Make some noise, 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 make some noise. Make some noise. Not like it's a podcast. Okay, let's hear it. So I was just like randomly scrolling through Facebook, mindlessly scrolling through Facebook when I noticed in one of the massive female entrepreneur groups that I'm in a video of this woman uh, dancing at Circular Key with a little sign that said, wiggle with me. And her speaking about how she was using this um, daily dance expression as a way for moving through some big grief that she'd experienced recently. So I was like, oh my God, I just got covered in goosebumps. I got to reach out to this chick and see like if we can have a conversation about this because it's so aligned with this message. And then you just mentioned, <laughs> Lily, that uh, you, yeah. you just finished reading The Artist Way and I'm actually looking at a copy of it right now. So I was like, <laughs> let's just stop because we're having this co- amazing conversation uh, without having pressed record. So I'm like, all right, let's just get this thing pressed record. So now we can have the conversation with you guys. And now we can go in. <laughs> perfect. 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 So well, Lily, the reason I wanted to get you on is because I absolutely adore what you're doing in the world. And I wanted to have a conversation because I've had my own theories about self-expression and creativity and uh, as a as a emotional valve, I guess, that we can release to let steam off rather than suppressing all our emotions so that we end up all kinds of fucked up and with all kinds of mental health issues. So um, can you talk to me a little about, oh, that's what I was going to say. That's why I wanted to hit record because The Artist's Way is actually where my journey started with um, on my mental health journey. So I was diagnosed with depression and someone handed me a copy of The Artist's Way and said, read this. And so I Bless started them. doing, I know. And so I started <laughs> doing morning pages that next day. 
and it changed oh. my life. Oh, oh, oh. I, I, I say this as a joke when I talk about the artist's way with people. Um, there's a pair, so I've never been into exercise and working out. And I think it's, it's further along in the artist's way, but there's a paragraph or two in there where Julia Cameron talks about the Zen of sports. And as soon as I read that, I was like, like she frames it in terms of creativity, right? How, you know, going out on a run or moving your body or tapping into that is actually really good for your creative eye. And it just gets you excited and it just makes you feel good. And as soon as I read that, I was like, I was like, oh, I want to go for a run. Like, I've never felt this excitement before. Like, I'm <laughs> so uh, like gung ho about the artist's way, because it's like you said, Carly, it just morning pages, artist dates, you know, everything that it teaches you, it just, it just makes you feel good. You know, it just makes you feel like everything's going to be okay. And it, I found it to be one of the most empowering tools that I've ever encountered. Um, and it really was kind of the catalyst that gave me the confidence to put myself out there, you know, to hit record the first time I did a, a morning wiggle um, it, looking back, it is really kind of the one thing that I would attribute to as that confidence boost was like, yes, you know, I can do this. It is okay to have self-doubt as an artist, but it's totally, you know, in my power to be creative and to tap into that. And I have the right to, so I always love, you know, meeting and interacting with people who have gone through that journey themselves. Cause it really does unearth a lot of your crap, you know, a lot oh of God. your stuff from, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the best totally. possible way too, right? You know, it's like yeah. um, I think so often people are really afraid of diving into their shit because yes. it's so painful. You know, nobody wants to go through their shit. So often, you know, they'll avoid going on a mental health plan or, or getting the help that they need mm. to have some peace of mind, like peace of mind. Mm. Uh, because they're so afraid of like dragging up and being dragged through all their shit. But so often it's just about having that a creative outlet, an outlet for expression. Yes. And that's what the artist way gave me was permission just to write without it, even yes. if it was just like, I don't feel like writing today. I don't feel like writing today. I don't feel like writing today. Showing mm. up daily for something where I could express myself was it just was a game changer. And I've done it pretty much mm. ever since. Ever since. <laughs> which is a decade. I, I still, oh, amazing. Yeah, I, I'm still doing it every day religiously because you know, I like how you used the word permission because I found it so helpful that, you know, a lot of this stuff is, you're going to see it, a lot of the principles, you're going to see it taught in other self-help, you know, thought camps, you mm. know, in other seminars. But no matter, you know, what you subscribe to, whether it's the artist's way, whether it's, you know, landmark forum or other programs, it's just the feeling of validation that you get when you have someone who's guiding you through this and who's telling you and who's giving you permission to do these things, to reach for that, you know, creative outlet, to build that creative outlet, to build that habit for yourself has been super helpful for me. Yeah. yeah. So what led you to the, the morning wiggle? Yeah. So I'll start my story. Like, so like you, Carly, I have been, I've gone through four, maybe five bouts of depression since I was 19. So my early twenties, you know, were 
the first time I was hospitalized was when I was 19 in college. And since then, you know, there's been um, definitely ups and downs, um, been through, you know, a lot of anxiety. I still live with anxiety to this day. And my most recent you know, diagnosed bout of depression was from an episode of burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, I was here in Boston. I, you know, had recovered through a lot. I'd grown a lot by that time, um, you know, since I was a little bit younger and I had found this like more purpose and I really wanted to, you know, I was trying to figure things out, you know, when you're 25, you're at that age. And, um, I did this visioning activity where you pretend the year is 2038, so it's 20 years down the future, and you um, imagine, you know, it's you're speaking the present tense, and you imagine that you're catching up with an old friend who you haven't seen in 20 years. So it'd be like, hey, oh my God, last time I saw you was in 2018. I'm so happy to tell you that in these past 20 years, this is what I've done, X, Y, Z. And you just stream of consciousness, see what comes out. And the first time I did that was in 2016. And it was really clarifying for me because at the time I was working full-time in Boston as an events manager for an entrepreneurship organization. I was producing these early morning dance parties on the side because it was just a cause that I love so much. But I was still feeling like, oh, what's, I was still feeling, you know, unfulfilled and I was working a lot, but you know, I didn't really feel like it was connected to my deeper meaning or purpose. And so when I did that activity, I was like, you know, I, ah, oh, this is late 2016. I said in 2017, I produced my own event called Silent Disco Snow Day. It was an I outdoor I love a silent, silent disco. Oh my God. Silent yeah. discos are my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> They're so fun. They are so and fun. I had, and I had done a bunch and um, you know, growing up in Boston, we have really terrible winters here and Boston has a lot of young people and college students and a lot of, a lot of young people go through, you know, seasonal depression because the whole city just shuts down and there's nothing to do. And, you know, I went through that myself. I went to college here and I remember, I think it was my, my junior year or something. I'd just gone through a breakup. There's nothing to do. And I love dance music. I love just like getting lost in the beat. Like it is my purest form of bliss. So I had attended a bunch of silent discos and just like that goofy, irreverent energy. I wanted to see if I could somehow bring that model to this problem of wintertime depression, you know, just to bring a little bit of joy to people. So, um, you know, I, when I did this vision activity, I said to my partners, like in 2017, you know, I did my silent disco snow day event. It went really great. It was a success. And after that, I started traveling, you know, I saw more of the world. I met amazing creative people and, um, really looking back, it kind of led me to my year in Australia that I had, because I did go through with silent disco snow day and it, it was a ton of fun. You know, we had a a lot of, you know, malfunctions and things that didn't go right. Um, but we had about 250 people show up in the middle of winter in Boston and just come enjoy a day together outside. So that was really my goal all along. I made it a free event and, um, was, you know, objectively a success, but the ironic part of that is my intention with it was to help other people with their mental health, but I completely ignored mine in the process. And I just, didn't take care of my mental health at all 
you know, I, by the time it was finished, I was so anxious and chronically stressed that I just couldn't make even the tiniest of decisions anymore. And that's when I was like, okay, you know, so after that, I you know, quit my full time, I stepped away from the other projects and was just like needing to recoup for health reasons. But now that it's, now that I look back, it's also that I, I think it was also a bit intentional, you know, cause I knew that that was what mattered most to me in terms of what was on my plate. And I knew that after that I had intentions to go travel and to go engage with more of the world. So I kind of like fapped around for a little after and was still anxious and confused about life and like applying to jobs left and right, just out of anxiety when finally push came to shove and I saw the work and holiday visa in Australia and um, got rejected from a job I really wanted in San Francisco. And it was one of my best friends. I was like anxious, calling her on the phone. And she ha- she was the one that had to tell me like, Lily, go to Australia, just do it. <laughs> and I had a few other people have to, they literally had to tell me like, you know, paint the picture of me. I had one mentor of mine say, Lily, to me, you're like, standing on this, the edge, you know, when your wings are ready to go and you just need to jump and fly, you know, you just got to do it. So again, it's kind of like that permission from others Mm. can be super validating. (laughs) Um, So I, so I did. And um, so in October of last year, I hopped on a plane, went over to Sydney. um, And, but by the time I did that, I was already thinking, okay, what do I want to do? once I'm over there and was just chatting with a few people. Um, and a friend of a friend, a friend of a friend told me about the Indigo project in Sydney. So they are a psychology practice and mindfulness studio. And their whole thing is their mission is thinking creatively about mental health. You know, um, the founder, she's a psychologist, but she herself identifies as more of an artist So she designs these immersive experiences that help people understand their mind. So it's more of an an artful approach to the world of psychology and mental health. So, you know, I reached out to them and just, you know, told them all about me and what I cared about and just offered to volunteer my services. And, you know, they were nice enough to say, yeah, like, come on through, like, let's, let's meet up and see how you can contribute. Um, So I ended up, you know, being joining that team for the year I was there, which is a an Indigo project ended up being you know a pillar of my time in in Sydney in Australia, because you know the real reason and the real catalyst behind my Morning Wiggles project was in February of this year my dad passed away unexpectedly, and it was a complete surprise. You know, my dad he was fifty he he was fifty eight and. You know, I got the call from my mom. I remember it was a Friday morning. I was you know, waiting for the bus on my way to go into work. And my dad, he just lied down for a nap um, one afternoon and he just didn't wake up. So, yeah, and he was he was a runner. Um, he had no health issues, nothing at all. So it really was a shock to you know my whole family. Um, and being so far away from home too, must've been really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I was like for the first, you know, couple days, especially I was just really numb, um, and didn't quite know how to react or, you know, what for me, I had really no prior experience with grief. You know, my, all four of my grandparents are still alive. So 
it was totally new. And my dad was one of those, one of those father figures who was just always there, you know, and kind of just really, um, yeah, it was almost like I, whenever I thought about or whatever I had gone through exercises where you like, you know, imagine the death of a parent. Whenever I had nightmares about a parent dying, it was always my mother. And so the, I, I had never even cognitively entertained the idea of losing my dad. So all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this like, you're in this space where you're like, is this real? Like how? And then of course I had so many questions through my running through my head because, you know, I was in Australia and my family's here in Boston, literally on the other side of the world. So, um, you know, that day I was actually on my way into work at the Indigo project and I just count my lucky stars, you know, how blessed I am to have been, you know, working at a psychology practice when this happened. And one month prior, um, we had just hired a psychologist who specializes in grief counseling. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was immediately held by my team. Um, you know, my, the founder, you know, she, um, picked me up and she um, brought me through an embodiment meditation where, you know, we kind of just, I would, I, you know, explored the grief and where it showed up in my body. And she helped me process on a deeper level, you know, kind of where the sadness was. And yeah, just, just, I remember the journaling session I had right after that was so deep. It like was uncovering pain that I was still carrying from when I was like four, five, six years old, you know, in relation to <laughs> my, my dad and my relationship with my parents. So I really attribute that circumstance in my life, you know, being a huge part of my healing. And it was yeah, because it's not um, it's not often that we're given the opportunity to explore our feelings in that much depth somewhere safe when we're going through it. Right? It's like at the usual coping mechanism is like I don't have time for this right now. Uh, I'll deal with the grief, but I've got all this other stuff that I've got to deal with first. You know. Oh, it's really totally. society's way of like, I don't have time for this right now. So I'll yeah. just get through the funeral or I'll get through this and then I'll deal with it later. And then it just kind of like festers and builds up. Yeah. 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 So what a I gift. Oh, ex- totally. What a gift. And I've, I've been there before, you know, through my mm. past depression and anxiety when I was working full time, it's that, that build up when you have all these emotions that are swelling in you, but you're like, no, I have to perform. Like I have responsibilities and I've always worked in very small teams and, you know, environments that just are are not so literate about mental health. Um, so it was really a total blessing to be in that space where it was one completely safe. And you have people who are professionally trained to deal with this and help you through this and to grow through it as well. So, yeah, coming out of that, you know, I was like, okay, this like crazy news happened to me, but I was lucky enough to be in that space of support. Um, yeah, just, and it's funny, I haven't, I hadn't thought about those memories in a long time of like when I was in a different kind of space where you just have that emotional buildup and you just like, you feel like, oh, I have this sadness, this anger, whatever emotion, but you're like, you have to just shove it mm. away for now to be able to deal with something else. And if you're lucky enough to have access to you know, mental health care, you're like, okay, I book in an appointment with a therapist on in like five days, two weeks time, I'll deal with it then. And then you just kind of cope and you just kind of like wing it and push through in the meantime. And I know what that feels like. Like I know. Mm. And I think this is the thing, oh. right? Like it's like, 
we so like that that is like the way that we cope with life a lot of the time a lot of the time we don't have the awareness that this is even going on that we're yeah. experiencing emotions that need to be expressed we're actually just like oh 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 not ready to deal with that don't have the space swallow it you know mm. and for me that that that's something that i say all the time I feel like depression is like suppression, 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 suppression. And for me, it was like I could feel all of those feelings at the mm. back of my throat during my first, you know, proper bout of depression. It was like they were mm. there and I couldn't swallow mm. it any further down. It had to come out, <laughs> which is yes. the depress, right? It's the uh. depress of the suppressed kind of emotions. That's the way that um, that I kind of... Yeah, that I kind of frame depression any from my own experience mm. anyway. It's not everyone's experience, but it certainly was mine. It was running from my feelings so fucking hard, particularly yes. anger, um, you know, mm. rage, all those things that aren't socially acceptable but we all experience, yeah. uh, and grief and disappointment and all of those feelings just oh. swallow them down, swallow them down, swallow, swallow them down. Swallow them down, swallow them down, yeah. And no, I, I love that. I love that imagery and the suppression, the buildup of suppression, and finally, you know, how your body reacts when it's mm. just like, I've had enough of this. I've had enough of this avatar that you're trying to make me into, right? So yeah. through morning wiggles and through, you know, some of the, the creative projects that I've built, um, you know, since my dad passed away, the core that I've been trying to focus on is really authenticity. And I'm still on the path right now. And I'm still learning how to shed the layers of in and inauthenticity and the person that I've tried to be to, you know, impress others to fit into what society, what my parents, what friends want me to be. I'm trying to unlearn all of that mm -hmm. and shed all of that. And it's scary and, you know, it hurts and it's been really painful, um, through a lot of it, but yeah, like I think, um, earlier, Carly, you used the expression emotional valve. Mm. Um, and I think that's really beautiful and really accurate to describe creative expression, you know, and, you know, my story is, um, for as long as I can remember the earliest concrete memory goes back to middle school dances. Um, music has always been that safe space for me. You know, I had, um, quite an anxious childhood. I was severely, you know, insecure, just like you know, typical childhood stuff, being bullied and like worried about my appearance and, and all that. Um, so I was like really anxious and shy and didn't know how to express myself yeah. um, from a young age. But for some reason, you know, when I got onto the dance floor at these middle school dances, it just blew all of that bullshit away. It just cleared the anxieties. And I was like, probably because it was a form of expression, you know, moving my body and just dancing around was a way for me to express myself without having to use words, without having to worry about fumbling over what I was saying. And there's no, none of that. So, um, those were like, oh, memories of childhood. Some of my peaks were middle school dances, ironically. <laughs> um, was there ever a point where, did you ever have a point where you stopped dancing? Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, I, Thinking back to high school, yeah, I, I, my family moved um, before my freshman year in high school, and I went to a much more competitive public high school, and there were just less social events. 
in that community. Whereas previously, you know, there were more dances, there were more like class competitions where like me and a, you, you know, kids would get together and like choreograph a dance. And I loved that stuff. And I think by the time I got to high school age, life just became a lot more about academia and, you know, like performance driven. So um, I, yeah, I've never, I, I lost touch with, you know, the, the creative side of things by that age. Yeah. And, and that's that carried so interesting, on. right? Because this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. And I actually just having my mum here, I've been having a conversation about her because she's always said, you know, as a kid, oh my God, I was so creative. I was the person mm. who always had, was always making something to sell something on the lawn. Like I was an entrepreneurial kind of kid, but also really creative. So I started a mm. primary school newspaper And I would take, I would ask the teachers, convince them to let me out of class so I could go and teach the younger kids a dance or always doing some (laughs) kind of performance, right? And, and always bossing people around and, and, or songwriting circles or, you know, all this kind of jazz. And then I hit high school and it became about survival then because I'd gone from this like 12 year old girl who would play with dolls to in this environment where there were boys and girls pashing and smoking ciggies and, Mm. you know, and like all of a sudden this naive little kid needed to fit in to survive. And Mm. dorky me who loved to do (laughs) dances and, you know, and and play was an easy target. And yes, so yes. I started to suppress my, not not just my emotional self, but my creative self. It's creative self, yes. Yeah, and so that's why I asked that question, right, because um, for me, I there, until very recently I've still been, and this mm. has been like, you know, you were saying about authenticity before and um, and the process, and that's really the process that I've, I've been on, finding my, my true self, which is a creative and a singer mm. and a dancer and a painter mm. and a artist and a you know and a lover and a and and those things are all things that I shut down for many years which I think is you know you have that suppression of your emotional self but you also have this suppression of the truth of who you are that goes on too and I feel like it starts to happen at that high school age where it becomes like almost a um yeah a survival tactic mold yourself into who you think you need to be to survive. And then we get through, you know, I had a quarter life crisis myself and then Mm. maybe a couple, maybe a midlife crisis too. (laughs) But, you know, like we, we have these moments and I feel like those moments are when we realize how off track we are from who we really are. They're a gift to come back to us, you know? Oh yes. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, and thinking back on my journey and my story, it really all came to a head when I was 19. And it was, you know, by that time, I think, you know, each of my bouts of depression, I I can, you know, somewhat trace back to like a triggering event. Yeah, totally. You know, like my, yeah. my first time it was uh, a breakup and, you know, a friend group falling apart. And by that time, I just had, I had no, almost 19 years of, you know, self-destructive habits mm. and I had placed 
a lot of my sense of self in these external factors. And when they disappeared, I just had the, the way I used to describe it. I, I had nothing to hang my hat on anymore. And it's just that sense, sense of ultimate fear and hopelessness. Yeah, Cause who, who you are you that. when you're not the reflections of the people around you? Oh yes. Right. It's like, and you're like, Whoa, I haven't, I, I've been turning to all of these addictions, whether it, you know, food for me, it was food. It was tension from boys. It was fitting in and being liked, which were my addictions. Um, I've been turning to that for so long that I, when I, when it's gone, I'm so terrified of facing myself and just being alone with my thoughts that it's too much to handle. Like I just freak out and it manifests for me as the complete inability to make decisions. Like I don't even know where to direct my body after I get out of bed. (laughs) Whoa. Like what is that life like? (laughs) Yeah. So each time, you know, and I, I recognize like how, how lucky I am to have had, um, you know, my, my parents didn't really know, you know, my parents are, are Chinese immigrants to the States. Like they don't really have a literacy around mental health and Chinese culture, but they were open and supportive enough to kind of learn with me as I entered the whole world of the American mental health care system and going through psychiatrists and doctors and hospitals and kind of coming out the other end being like, yes, I'm really grateful for the immediate support that I was given. But, um, throughout my journey, you know, really turning to the world of creativity. And it wasn't until I found the Indigo Project in a community of people who had this language around creativity and artistry, but people who were also really open to these conversations around around mental health that I was like, okay, I have a community around me now. I'm not so alone in these experiences that I've had. And this creative self that I'm looking to reawaken and to soothe, you know, like lately I've been feeling a lot of anxiety now that I'm just gone through a big transition in my life, you know, moving back in, moving back in with my mom after being on my own and, and kind of living independently and living an intentional life. And then life coming and- back into who you used to be, it's almost um, like jarring because that, because you, who you, who you used to be is still there. You know? <laughs> totally. I, I feel like I'm, I'm right now in the remnants of a life that was created and a, like a life that was kind of haphazardly built by a really like a weaker version of myself. And someone is just really like, oh, <laughs> um, but I remember on the plane, like as soon as the plane landed in Boston, I just felt my anxiety like peaking and a lot of the work that I had done on my own, uh, a lot of the coping skills and what the artist's way teaches you about kind of nurturing your inner child and your inner artist. Like I, I've become very good at visualizing, you know, like five-year-old me, um, yeah. the five, the five, the five-year-old girl who, um, you know, to use imagery and visualization, you know, that who I had you know, shut in a cupboard and told her for over, for years on end that she was not worth love that she was not worthy um I had just completely locked her away to like open that cupboard door you know extend my hand out to her and just really hold her and nurture her so I'd done a lot of that work through the artist's way and I remember I was like sitting in the sitting in my in, in the plane it had landed I was like on the verge of tears and I just 
pictured myself holding, you know, like five-year-old me in my lap and just soothing her, like patting her on the head and being like, hey, it's okay. I'm here now. I'm not going to abandon you ever again. You know, like, and it was a totally new feeling, to be honest with you. Like, I had really, I could really feel, you know, my inner child being held, being like, I'm like, almost like, wow, this is completely new. Like, I've never felt so accepted. And, and yeah. what a novel idea that you could be accepted and loved by yourself, you know, oh, <laughs> when you've yeah. sought externally for it your entire life. And, oh you know, it's like a Disney movie. There it is within you. <laughs> yeah. It was there all along. Yeah, It was there all along. And it was, you know, looking back, I've done morning wiggles for the past. I started them in April and it's November now. So, you know, it was really going through that process, you know, waking up every day. And it really started as a coping mechanism when I was just so, you know, sad and just in tears and just couldn't get out of bed. You know, in mornings, I've always been the toughest part of the day for me anyway. It's when I wake up and my anxiety is just really strong or I have, I'm ruminating and ruminating in my thoughts. Um, so mental health wise, I've always, you know, had I've always struggled to get out of bed um, through the bad times. But this time, you know, I was on my own on the other side of the country. It was my first time really living abroad away from my family. And through the coaching and guidance of our psychologists at the Indigo Project, they taught me to really tap into my creativity. They said, you know, what's a creative outlet that you can channel your grief into? And I've love I've always loved words and written language and verbal expression so you know I started writing started journaling every day but I kind of tapped back into that you know childhood um not a habit but that childhood memory that I had of like how good and blissful I would feel just like jamming out to my favorite pop tunes yeah, by totally. myself in my yeah, bedroom yeah. in your bedroom what? with a hairbrush and well, that hair that was yeah. yeah and you're just like fuck I feel so cute yeah. like I'm so you know I'm such oh, a good singer oh my god I'm, I'm amazing yeah. <laughs> just like in front of the mirror and just like playing dress up like that sort of bliss like the way I describe it is like the sort of bliss that makes you feel like every cell in your body is being lifted up like that sort of feeling and i just i think just throughout my life i've come to realize oh like when i'm just in a really shitty moment or feeling really scared or doubtful about myself i just turned to that i was like i know yeah. that's going to make i know that's going to make me feel better like yes. mood lift here we go totally <laughs> and this is this is another theory that i've kind of you know, come up with. I, I love, you know, a good theory. Anyway, um, and that is, you know, when when we're when we're in that depressed, anxious state, it's so we feel so isolated in it, right? Like we are alone. You know, I've always described depression as feeling like I was in this hole, right? So I'm in this dark hole, the world's going around above me. No one knows I'm even in here. And no one could reach me even if they wanted to, right? I'm just like here all alone. And it's that loneliness and that isolation that that yes. um that stops us from doing the one thing that we need to do in order to get out of that. And that is plug in, connect, express. Instead of going like inwards, 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 there's this point where, yeah, it's about going inwards, but it's not about getting lost within. It's about 
you know, then ex- having some kind of expression out so that we're kind of plugging back in and connecting, um, whether that is to ourselves and our creativity or to the people around us where we're having open and honest conversations about the way we're feeling, you know, having some form of that outward expression rather than just totally going inside. It's like almost you could internally combust and disappear, Bust. you know? Yes. Oh, and I've, I've been there and the loneliness and the vicious cycle of loneliness, isolation, and depression mm. is probably the most painful part of all of my mental health challenges. Totally. And that's yeah. why, and that's kind of the, the inspiration behind the work that I want to do now. And, you know, I, when I was at my most anxious, I couldn't even look at my phone. You know, I had to, you know, chuck it on the other side of the room because it was giving me so much anxiety to see posts and updates and pictures from people's lives that just made me feel so alone. Like I'm the only one who's feeling like shit about myself and I'm, yeah, I'm worthless and I'm not as good as everyone else. And it just, whoa, it was so bad for my mental health. So, you know, nowadays as I've gone through, you know, this experience with my grief, and I have to say, I am, you know, quite one grateful and also quite proud of the work that I have done internally to you know, do the scary ter- work of confronting my demons that I've avoided for most of my adult life up mm. till now. Um, of doing that work and also surrounding myself with people I knew, you know, who would be really good for my mental health and supportive. Just seeing, you know, how far I've come from because the it's younger not, version of myself. It's not easy when you're in this space to then do the things that you do, right? Like it's not easy yeah. for, for when when I was first diagnosed with depression, one of the things that I did was go running with a video camera and videotape just like three or four minutes of thoughts that were coming to mm. me on the beach. And then I'd post them on YouTube. And this was like years ago. Um, but, and people used to be like, but, like, how do you, how do you do that? Like, and because so often when we're in that space, we have a really strong inner critic going on, right? Like telling us all the kinds of things and it's not safe for us to express and it's not, you know, so it ta- it is a, it's a huge leap for you to be able to go from that place to videotaping yourself dancing with random yes. strangers and sharing that yes. with the world, right? Like that, that, yes. that takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of tenacity. It takes a lot of trust. Um, yeah. 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 It's confronting the inner shame and the inner dialogue yeah. of shame that we have too. You know, shame is a, I realize how prominent that is in my life on an individual level and also on a cultural and societal level, you know, being Chinese American, um, kind of double pronged there, like anti shame. Um, but morning wiggles, you know, it started as just a daily practice. I would just post a 15 second video of me wiggling on my Instagram story. And just the fact that I was just doing it daily, you know, it gave me an outlet and a, and a platform to just like be really real. And, you know, with my friends and be like, Hey, I'm feeling real anxious today. And like really doubtful of everything in my life. And to my surprise, um, you know, a lot of people have since reached out to me and been like, really like, you know, thank you for your, your authenticity and your vulnerability. You know, and a few friends have you know, opened up really deeply about, you know, and people I haven't spoken to in like 
five, seven years. Yes, that same thing happened to me. People from primary school started reaching out saying, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're talking about depression and anxiety because I've been sitting here thinking I'm a complete fuck up and everyone else has their life together and here I am. And then they're like, and there you are, you know, and and you don't seem all that fucked up. But (laughs) (laughs) so why am I sitting here thinking I'm all alone and fucked up when I'm actually in pretty good company? You know. Yeah, totally. And it gives totally. them permission to then open up conversations and connect and explore their own creativity and, and have find their own daily practice, you know? Exactly, exactly. And I'm like, you know, and I I I I have this this one friend who she she says it beautifully. She's like, none of us are gurus, you know, like but we can practice stepping into our own courage and our own bravery and that's the thing I love most about vulnerability is the fact that it invites others to do the same. And I really think back to you know the, my most painful moments when I just felt like I had no hope and I felt completely alone in the world and scared and how that just, oh, that just builds up mm. when you see, when you, when you don't have vulnerability in the world, when you don't have that authenticity. So I'm just trying to live into that I say, you know, and just address that need that I felt so intensely at my worst and my lowest to hopefully help some people who are struggling with the same things that I've struggled with to feel a little bit better if they're in that acute state. You know, I just, I do not, I I want to change this culture however I can in whatever small minuscule way that I can, if it's just helping one person feel a little bit less alone. You know, that's, that's really what I want to do. And with my social media, with my writing, with morning wiggles and, you know, hopefully, um, doing more wiggling events, whether it's just pop-ups like the one that you saw Carly with wiggle with me, or, you know, doing more intentional events where you bring people together to like go deep and build community around these very real human experiences Mm. and also just have a little fun and just like express and just be our weird selves. (laughs) Yeah. Without the need, you know, this was another thing I spoke about with my mum recently, you know, my whole twenties, I spent pretty much pissed out of my brain. Um, because that was like, I either had to be drunk or high to actually experience those feelings like joy and, and be myself, Mm. you know, that was the Mm. one time I could actually dance and sing and have that creative expression that I really needed. But when I was sober, felt so ashamed of allowing her out of the bag, you know? Mm. So, um, so having a space where we can do that without being reliant on, you know, the, um, the, the stuff we can get addicted to, like, you know, without, (laughs) without having a drink, can we dance like no one's watching without having a drink? And, um, yeah. And so I think it's really important and I'm so glad because I feel like we're just on very similar pages and paths, bringing people together to have these conversations and to find themselves. I mean, it's not that like they're lost, we're we're always ourselves, um, even when we are all fucked up, but like having, yeah, having the conversation that we're not alone in our fucked upness. We're actually Mm. really just like everyone else. (laughs) Oh, totally, totally, totally. And I have very, I have very specific people in my life who were inspirations to me, you know, the first people who I saw open up very candidly about their struggles with depression. You know, I remember the feeling of like, 
whoa, like, the, oh my God, the first time I heard that, I was, the, 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 the safety that it gave me mm. and the comfort that it gave me, it was so in, inspiring to me, you know, and I just want to be able to give that to, to other people. And yeah, it's just this, this illusion that we have that it's all a solo experience. Totally. When, um, yeah. The, something I've heard recently is like the idea to point out that we have this, this, this common humanity, right. You know, and to, to have these spaces where we can talk about all the fears, anxieties that we hold onto and that fester in our heads that are often the same exact fears and anxiety that the person next to us is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But we've created this little world, this inner world that isn't, isn't ne- and that's why it's so the expression piece is so important and that is my daily practice when because I find mm. myself getting stuck in my head all the time and as soon as I feel myself getting on that hamster wheel oh yeah here I go around and around it goes around and around it goes it's like that's when I reach out and you know mm. and I either write a post or I take a photo or I you know grab my ukulele and start singing or I ring a friend I, I have to get out of this out you know out of the out, out of the head <laughs> out and, even, and into even the body that. which dance is such a great practice for right like that's really what that's about is like coming out of here up here all in the head and having some kind of release of the emotion you know oh, energy totally. in motion um yes yeah expressing it really helps so at the at the beginning of our conversation you had said that um you were uh, right, was it writing a letter to someone, to yourself, or having a conversation mm. with it in 2038? Yes. What, what does that look like? What, what does it actually look like for you in 2038? Oh, you mean, you mean if we were to do 2038 now? Yeah. Together. Oh, that's, oh, my favorite activity. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, if I were, okay, so let's, let's just do this real time. You know, we'll say, I'll say like, snap my fingers, like, oh my God, Carly, it's 2038. Like, <laughs> I can't believe it. Like, I'm in my sixties and I've already, uh, I had gray hair in my forties. Ah, oh, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but you look amazing. So it's legit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know, it's, really good to reconnect you know the last time we spoke I think was was like back in 2018 or something like oh my goodness so I'm now yeah I'm now in my 40s you know I split my time between um, a couple different places around the world you know I have a home base and I've built up a really amazing community there you know around mental health and creativity you know but I um also, you know, built up these experiences that happen all over the world that share that are built around music and dance music. And we've really created this culture around dance music where people can come together and just like explore and be their authentic selves. And, you know, we kind of we're not tell, we don't tell anyone how to live, but it's been really heartening, you know, to see this movement of people who are willing to do the work and to celebrate dance music as a medium that can help people through that journey. You know, so we run these festivals and these experiences around the world that, you know, bring together 
artists, DJs, like musicians, um, experienced designers to, yeah, like help people get to know themselves on a deeper level and get to know one another on a deeper level. Um, I still do morning wiggles with a larger community now. <laughs> we have, you know, um, I've kind of continued to offer morning wiggles as that, you know, that outlet, that uh, that form of creative expression, that that emotional valve for people. Um, yeah, but I'm proud to say that we've kind of built up a curriculum and a program that helps people design those for themselves, you know, in a way that's most personal and authentic to them. And, you know, making strides in mental health and, and helping people feel less alone. So, you know, I'm really happy and really proud of that work that I'm doing that is like still like deeply personal, um, to my story and the pain that I felt and, you know, the, the, the challenges that I still cope with on a day-to-day level. Um, but it's to reinvigorate and remind myself of this practice that you know, has been hugely helpful to me, you know, ever since my dad died, which kind of kickstarted this journey, you know, just mostly out of necessity, really, they say, you know, necessity is the mother of innovation. And when it comes to emotional well-being and mental health, now, I think it was really being on my own for the first time and, and dealing with, you know, the loss of a parent and um, realizing that that my creative self was the area to explore, you know, to really help with that sustainably. And to, you know, I'm really happy to say that I'm continuing to do that for myself and helping and supporting and creating safe spaces for other people to do that as well. Beautiful. That is so beautiful. <laughs> I love how that just rolled off the tongue. Amazing. <laughs> I've done, yeah, I've done, I've done 20, I've played 2038 a few times. So <laughs> it's on my list. Maybe that's, maybe that's something that we can offer to everyone here is to have a think about that. Have a think about 2038 and, um, or 2039, because this will be released in early 2019. Like what, what is, what is, where are you at in 2039? Uh, mm. I'm certainly going to be playing the game. So, um, yeah, thank you for offering that. That is just a beautiful uh, – and and what confirmation that you're on the right path too, right? No, oh, totally. It, it's – the first time I did it was so clarifying for me mm. and it just – it was a way to give yourself the permission to do the things that really matter to you. Um, and it can be, it can, it can be really helpful as, you know, a, a pair or group activity too. Mm. I find it's, it's, it's really fun to, you know, the, well, the first time I did it, you just, I paired up with someone and you kind of go back and forth because you have someone who's a listener there and it's just like makes it really real. But I've also, you know, facilitated it in a group setting where you can, you know, have a, a, a group of, because it's also a really fun way to get to know people. It's like, wow, like what really does matter to you, you know, and to practice that, that openness and that vulnerability yourself um, and to reflect that back and forth can be really interesting and, oh, and really And, you know, on too. a day-to-day basis, we're not often given the opportunity to really just dream about the future, you know, yeah. and, we, and we're not that connected to what is truly important and that's I think that's what I love about that exercise is it it immediately highlights what is really important to you and it's not about massive change it's about doing what you're doing now 
you know, like it's, it's actually yeah. no different to what you're doing now, showing up yeah. daily to dance, express yourself, helping people. It's just that over the next 20 years, as will happen, if you show up daily for something, it's going to grow and, and expand and, um, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. 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 Pretty cool. And it's just, it's just all about, you know, tapping into the joy and you know, the the deeper kind of fulfillment, you know, that I like to talk about, you know, that's another question that I think is really has been transformational for me is to reflect on the moments in my life that I have felt most fulfilled, mm. you know, and, and a lot of it, thinking about that has helped me you know, stay true to morning wiggles and this, this sort of like really irreverent energy, this really like silly and goofy energy, you know, that I, I just, I just cherish. And it just like brings me this, this like bubbling sort of joy. Um, yeah. So thinking about that and, and thinking about fulfillment and thinking about, you know, what would make you happiest to say that you've done, um, by 2038, you know, mm. with, the next 20 years of your life, like just pure happiness. Just focusing on that can be, is, is so illuminating. Totally. Cause you know, it's, it's not about, um, when you do that, it's not necessarily about all the material things that we think are important in our day-to-day life. You know, it's, um, it's often much more meaningful and fulfilling so beautiful. Yes. Could you let us know if people want to connect with you, where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So my um, my personal Instagram is Lil's Wang, but I would actually, um, actually the better way to connect with me and where I do a lot of my writing um, is on my, my Instagram called Frothy Living. It's frothy living underscore. <laughs> um, I also have that's that's my blog as well, frothyliving.com. Um, and I'm also going to be on YouTube. I'm going to be my my next step uh, on the horizon for 2019 is to continue traveling. And inspired by my own experiences of you know, my my year living abroad in Australia, I'm really curious. You know, in my time in Australia, where I've really had to teach myself how to build emotional resilience. I'm really now really curious about what that looks like around the world. So for 2019, I'm going to be traveling to as many countries as I can um, and interviewing people about their own resilience and how they get through tough times in life um, across different cultures. Beautiful. So I'm going to be, yeah, so that's, I'm going to be, you know, putting those on YouTube, um, you know, maybe starting a podcast as well. So Perfect. it's just going to be, yeah, yeah. Frothy Living is uh, my handle and you know, kind of the umbrella that I'm putting it under in the meantime. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure to connect. And if you do find yourself back in Australia, then let's chat and let's see if we can organize some kind of event together. Oh, would love that. Absolutely. <laughs> a silent disco, maybe. <laughs> Love a good time. Sounds fun. <laughs> well, thank you again so much. And that's a wrap. Go to carlynimo.com to find ways to connect to your creativity and live life on your frequency. Until next week, make some 